degrees. Hitland, Annapolis Center, do you have any test operations in restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31, continue to stand at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, all to right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let's introduce the members of the posse. Girls, get ready. Seat yourselves down. Get your Kleenex, your wipes, your fan, and... Your squeegee and your lube and whatever else you need. Because he's here, the very famous one one. Hey baby. Hey Mac, how are you? Hey everyone up all ships at sea. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be anywhere, as a matter of fact. And I know it's gonna be a really good show. Mm-hmm. It's uh yeah, it's gonna be fun and I can't wait to uh get on with it. Get on with it? Okay, is that so some kind get, of let's get it on. Is that a British term? <laughs> get on. So that is uh yeah, let's uh it kind of is. It's, if you had uh, get to it, get to it. I'll the, leave you to it. Get I'll leave to you to it. it sounds more fresh. Have you had uh, fish and chips lately? You know, I haven't had fish and chips for two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Only because my wife's a little bit on a diet, and I don't want to like eat this humongous piece of fish in front of her. But yes. she's like, "Go ahead, do it. I don't care. You know, just uh, you know." They still come wrapped uh, in. Uh, so newspaper? I just kind of like backed off a little bit on it. You know? Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, huh. it is good for you with all that fatty substance. A lot of fish. Fish is good. Makes all right, already good. we're having a cat issue on the show, which we don't want to have any of. Didn't the memo go out? Oh, I, I didn't get no cats with the line through. Oh, a cat loves the rubber uh, bands. What a sweet kitty. No cocoa tonight. Out saving the world. But our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, is with us. Richie. Great to be here tonight. He is beardless. He shaved his beard. His, you know, his designer said, shave the, the beard. The stash is still there, but he shaved stash the is still beard. there. I was trimming uh, my beard. Yes. It went, uh, the trim went uh, all wrong, so I had to shave it all off. Why don't you have people do that for you? You can afford it. Get a stylist working on there. Well, I was, uh, you know, it was under pressure. I had to get okay. it done quickly. Couldn't make an appointment. To, uh, <laughs> okay, we understand. Get my beard trimmed. Also with us is uh, Security Chief Willie Club WC. How you doing? You know, Mac, I'm doing really uh, excellent today. Thank you, and uh, it's good to see everyone tonight. And I'm glad that uh, Switchy explained what happened with his beard. Because mm-hmm. I looked at it, I, I couldn't tell if that was his head or whatever. <laughs> you know the old expression, you know, is that your face or did your pants fall down? Wait a minute, come on. Wow, <laughs> man. <laughs> Three minutes into the show. Man. Here we go. Wow. Well, it's good to be here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Even though uh, the Pats are like off to the worst start ever. That's okay. We, we're used to losers lately. Ooh. Wow. 
You ain't kidding. Yeah, this is what this is what loser nation. This is loser nation, like baby. Feels like and sounds like Red Sox, just pathetic, man. And the Yankees, them battling each other in a pair of day night doubleheaders for for last place. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. No one there. Imagine that. No one at a Yankees Red Sox game. At the end of September, hey, what's the deal? They could sell the ticket for a dollar. They're trying to sell the ticket for a dollar in the aftermarket or something. I'm sure, I'm, I, I don't doubt it. There was yeah, something like five thousand people there. It's raining. Oh, miserable. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. Also joining us. Oh, I was going to say the time about miserable is uh, in the house with us is UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. What's happening? Slash getaway driver. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing. So did you tell them what happened at the Patriots game? Yeah, you know, some guy got murdered at the Patriots game. Did you hear that? Yeah, was it a murder or was it an accident? Well, they were in a fight, and the guy hit him and knocked him out, and then the guy, you know, had a heart attack. And they and stared died. at him for a couple of minutes. They said, gee, this guy hasn't moved. Right, yeah. yeah. See, and then they saved, and the fireman saved another guy who was having a heart attack, and he pulled through. So right. things not going too well for the Pats. It looks like, you know, one murder— one heart attack and two really shitty performances on the field. But anyway. <laughs> Reminds me of the old days uh, when they were playing Monday night games. Mm-hmm. And they used to have to get the uh, BC and BU football players as ushers to try to keep the count yeah, yeah. from killing each other. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they didn't do a good job some nights. I know people who were with the other night that they, they confiscated 43 handguns. This is a long time ago. 43 handguns. It's Schaefer yeah. Stadium. It was Schaefer, Schaefer Stadium. Stadium. Okay. It was just a rowdy, nutty crowd. Then the Pats got barred for Monday, from Monday football for like at least 20 years. They weren't on until, you know, they had the uh, kind of craft on thing. Anyway, you're listening to Mac Money Sports here. Uh, also, let us uh, not screw up our intro. Our favorite intro. Our favorite good witch up there in Sideways New York. It's Raven. Raven, how are you tonight, Raven? Hello, my friends. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Is this a new hairdo? What's the look here tonight? No, I I have little um, what they call space buns in, but it's really hard to see. Space buns. So I have like little Princess Leia buns in hmm. um, wow. because it, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. The space buns, not a bad name. Switch in the space. I can see him. Switch you, in you the space say, buns. Help me, Obi-Wan. You're our only hope. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, look, another cat has entered the scene. I want to say, speaking of Obi-Wan, but there is actually no ca- – oh, oh, man. Yeah. With the freaking cat. Our mystery guest tonight well, you is – Yeah, you had the sports section, so now it's cat section. Oh, my God. Is uh, Lonely Larry is joining us. Double L, how you doing? I- I'm doing well. And if anybody's looking for a stylist, as we were talking about before, I'll happily introduce you to mine. As you can, as you can see, I am having a good hair day. Yeah, as usual. You can see that. Well, isn't every day a good hair day for you because you're bald? What's that? <laughs> wow, how do you how do you miss that? Isn't every day a good hair day for you because you're bald? You'd know, wouldn't you? Oh. Anyway, oh so get that cat. You know, can you put the cat aside, please? I can't help it if I'm a. Magnet Mac, right? Oh, okay. oh my god. I gotta edit okay. this. Plus, plus your daughter is throw here. myself off a freaking bridge. Get in line, really. <laughs> Holy cow. Anyway, well we have to kill some time tonight, so we have a top ten. Ooh. Top ten that Lonely Larry himself is gonna read. It's top ten reasons why 
Lonely Larry. <laughs> Lonely Larry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> top 10 reasons why Lonely Larry hates Halloween. Okay. Top 10 reasons why Lonely Larry hates Halloween. Uh, I guess we should start the music. And Larry himself, please. Number 10, Larry. I, I thought we already did this. Oh, Jesus. Last year? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Good. Let's we pretend we didn't. I'm looking for when I was told not to look at this yes. in advance, and, and now I am. <laughs> you can't find it? You, you should see this. You emailed this to me. I saw it pop in, but now it's gone. This yeah, is... I emailed it to you. Where is it? Oh, man. It's like, I'm not there, sir. He's going to read his own top 10. Yes. I'm going to look, but first of all, I have a question. Who's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks? (laughs) Shaft. (laughs) You're damn right. Okay. Um, They got to cut this. Already, this is into the three figures. Editing. I'm going to go to. Must be those kids again screwing around with your cell phone. Trying to find all male, but yeah, there it is. Hmm. I don't know what happened. This is really all right, well, here it is. Okay, here we go. All right, now, okay, this is okay. this is top 10 reasons why Lonely Larry hates Halloween. Lonely Larry is uh, Raven's father. And all right, I got it. You ready? Stop the music. Number 10, Larry. In his world, which witches rhymes with bitches, and he thinks there's enough bitches around without having a special day for them. Amen to that. (laughs) Number nine. When he opens the door for trick-or-treaters, they give him an apple with a razor in it. (laughs) It's happened. Um, Number eight. Always has anxiety attacks around Halloween, thinking someone's going to dig up the quote-unquote old garden out back. Oh, God. (laughs) You know... You wouldn't believe how stuff grows in the old garden. Yeah. Yeah. Daisies. Self-fed. Okay. Uh, let's see. Number seven. He once went out dressed as a big... <laughs> he once went out dressed as a big hedge clipper. And no one got the joke. <laughs> it's a very inside. Very inside. Joke. That's a very inside yeah. joke. Nice. I don't even know if Raven knows that one. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Oh, I have to tell you that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good one. Number show. Number five. He's allergic to eggs. Okay. Right. I guess there's a there's a throwaway in every top right. ten list. Um, number four. He once went out dressed as Peppermint Patty, but no one got that joke either. <laughs> it's all true. Yeah. Top ten yeah. reasons why Lonely Larry hates Halloween. Okay. What are we here? We're down to three. He can hardly keep his kids off his lawn as it is. Reread that, will you? Second read. What's, what's that? Hey, read that one again, please. Yeah, we can hardly keep the kids off his lawn as it is. Thank you. Okay. Um, and... Which is a problem because I'm frequently out there peeing on it. Uh, that's like not even a joke. That's, yeah, it, it isn't. Is not a joke. Nope. Go ahead. Um, I give it 10 minutes and I'm doing it again. Um, number two. Uh, Insert appropriate X lax joke here, and the number one reason. Okay, I, oh, I was supposed to pause. Yeah, yeah, pause for effect. Right. Okay, we'll do that again. All right. Number two, <laughs> insert appropriate X lax joke here. Come on, no one got X lax as a kid when you're trick or treating, ever. No. I was waiting to get all I've the heard, drugs, and nobody I've ever gave them to oh. me. Uh, oh, we always did. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's always. Put him, we used to put them in the. Uh, 
in the uh, different uh, brownies and stuff. And <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Like chunkies, yeah. Remember the chocolate chips? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, bad. We substitute them as chocolate chips <laughs> in the muffins. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? Wow, wait, yeah. The number one reason Lonely Larry hates Halloween, seriously, would you take candy from someone like me? All right, let's clap for him because... He didn't completely screw it up. <laughs> wow, huh? Of course, not, nobody really knows the reason I hate Halloween. But you probably don't want to get into that. I didn't want to bring it up, but we're doing a Halloween show in a few weeks, and maybe we'll have you on just tell that story. But I figured it scarred you for – well, just tell him the story. Tell him now. You, you, you went out. You were looking forward to Halloween all year. Yes, you I went was out seven and years f- old, and I was looking forward to Halloween. I went out with my brother and sister. Keeps getting younger. we trick-or-treated for hours. Go ahead. And I had, like – 80, 80 pounds of candy in my bag mm. and we were around the corner from home and these three older kids rode up on bikes one of them grabbed my bag and rode off into the night wow crushed oh, it yeah. yeah did you look for them like oj's looking for the killers well, did you look I for them look for them they, they speed off in the dark on bikes what are you gonna do chase them chase wait them? how old were you seven. Oh, last seven? time i heard it oh, was yeah, you could why don't you go get your bike and chase them? Yeah, call yeah, a cop. Because it was, it was uh, com- yeah, and completely around the uh, on the other side of the block. Oh, 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 you, we understand. You should, Captain Hindsight here. Mm. You should have gone home, got your bike, gotten a tube sock, filled it with bars of soap, ba- Leo Johnson style, <laughs> and then found where they lived and oh. just beat bag the living hell out of them. Go. Actually, my sister, my older sister, did give chase. Really? Yes. She was, she was a... A rough bitch that one, uh, Wendy. When she was hello, um, sis. When she was eleven, all right. Uh, uh, she was. She would. She would have killed this kid if she caught him. But, I was gonna uh, say it. Yeah, she definitely would have. Would have been the only one I could imagine would have actually stood up for you. <laughs> well, huh? Is, okay. that a, is that a homosexual joke? No, listen. You saying my brother wouldn't stick up for me because he's? I don't know what you're referring. What are you dragging that in for? Well, listen, now right. we know, and, and you know that you Scott, you're a Scott for life since, so you just wallowed in self-pity and didn't call the cops or anything. No. Okay, good. Well, good plan. What are the cops going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Look for the thugs, no? Anyway, so uh, Larry, so you never went out trick-or-treating again? Is that what we're saying? I did, but with, with no enthusiasm whatsoever. Huh. Wow. No, you know what? Like kind of a like kind of a job after that. I think you missed one of the... Uh, Top ten reasons there, dude. Did you tell the one about uh, why you don't eat almond joys? I don't remember that one. I don't eat almond joys. I like almond joys. I go back. Go back to the list. Look around number seven or so. Figures he'd f it up. Oh, Mac, it's gonna take him another thirty minutes <laughs> to find the email. What are you doing? We'll keep the music. Number running. seven. He once went out dressed as a big hedge clipper, but no one. Got okay, the what's joke? the one before that? Always. Always his. In, Wait a minute. Mm. Oh, yeah. His anxiety attacks around Halloween, mm. thinking someone's going to dig up the quote-unquote uh, old garden out back. How about the one before that? Jeez. Talk about work. <laughs> when he opens the door for trick-or-treaters, oh. they give him an apple with a razor in it. Okay, is that number nine? That's number nine. All right, what's number oh, f- we're going for the top 20 tonight. Yeah, now what's number oh, six? Man. What's number six? No, it's a... It, it, I, I, Oh, painful. Here it oh, is. wait a minute. I missed one. See? Damn, I missed one. Can you splice this in? Sure. Sure. Number, number six, he he refuses <laughs> to eat almond joys because there's no joy in life. So 
What's the point? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best one. I'm sorry. I overlooked. think that's, that's why we went my back for favorite it. thing you've ever put on a top ten ever. That really? is so on brand. <laughs> I like almond joys. It's funny. Almond joy was always the uh, yeah. You needed a dime to buy one when everything else was a nickel way back when. So oh, my grandfather tells me. Almonds. But you shared it because it was yeah, it's two, two pieces. Two, yeah, two pieces. Right? Yeah. Two. Love them. Yep. Masba, same thing. Each piece had two huge almonds in it. Right. And then they saw yeah, one that well, just was the coconut. that had coconut in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like coconut. You don't like coconut? Oh, I love the coconut. Oh, That's right. I love the coconut. So it's a mounds bar. Yeah. A mounds bar. With, what the mounds, mounds when they came out with what, just yeah, when, the dark chocolate over yes. the coconut? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yum. Oh, my God. So good. I always, I always went for the almonds, though. So uh, anyway. You know, sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. There you go. That's Thank true. you. You should copyright that. Why don't we do this real quick? Why don't we take a quick break now? At Lonely Larry, can you stay with us, or do you have to go bowling? I, I am late for my pool match, as it is. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll say Stay in chat. We'll say, we'll say adieu now, then, okay? That's French. All Are right? you really going bowling? No. No, I'm, I'm shooting pool. Shooting pool. Oh. I don't know where Mike oh. got bowling. I, uh -huh. I, I'm the world's worst bowler. Huh, yeah, huh? and is this the place that, uh, that we occasionally donate beer to? Actually, I, we are playing at American Legion Post 82 tonight, yes. Okay. Well, tell them what we all said, hey. All right. All right. Don't thank them for their service. Yes. All right. Uh, yes. Thank you, Larry. We appreciate it. Why don't we take a uh, commercial break now? Thanks, Larry. We'll be right back after this. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night. Yeah. Listening to Mike Maloney's Military Excel Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here, so please stay tuned. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst-ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still hunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super terrorist hit six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs out. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney. On sale now on Amazon. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Miltrex Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show, as you can tell. We're uh, bringing it to you tonight first. Let me introduce the fancy real quick. Juan Juan is here. Girls, cross the puddle. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Yeah. Wow. Good to see you. I'm just cracking up at yeah. uh, the stash that Club has. With, yeah, yeah. The minute uh, before. Food. If he was over here in the UK, he'd be under arrest. 
Okay. Did you not? Something to look forward to. Uh, also with us is uh, Switchblade Steve Wood, our national correspondent. Switch. Hey, it's great to be here tonight. Down there in uh, West Virginia. Right? That's right. Okay. And um, also with us is, oh, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic in the house. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Oh, also, um, Club, our security chief is here. Chloe. Hey, Mac. Hi, gang. Okay. Hello, Club. You know it's going to be a big night now. We got the top 10 out of the way already. Wow. Well, huh? Now we can okay. move on. Yikes. Okay. All right. That hurts, but I'm not going to show it. Uh, also joining us, lighting up the uh, evening, is Raven up there in Sideways, New York. Raven, how are you? Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Now, your father was on the previous segment on the embarrassment meter from 1 to 10. Tell us. 15. Mac, I mean, he said that he was a pee magnet. I'm never going to get over that. Yeah, That's yeah. worse than pumpkin spice. And he didn't mean urine either. Yeah. In, in, interesting. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, okay. He's, he's the the king of random inappropriate behavior. I think that would be a medal. I think. Yes. Well, you can I tell have... it wasn't scripted. No, 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 no. We'd still be normally there. this show is scripted, but he went very off. Yeah, he was off script. He, <laughs> he went off the reservation pretty far. I have yeah. so right. many awful stories I could tell you about just inappropriate things that have happened I've... while I was like younger and mm-hmm. more embarrassed. Really? Yes, uh, that I he can seems say. Like, he seems like a fun dad. His moments. <laughs> I once went to a long time ago. Went over his house for dinner. I've told this story, and. We had just played cards, and he said, come over to the house for dinner. So it was, it was himself and your mother, Raven, I'm assuming, and um, maybe uh, her mother. So his mother-in-law on that side, maybe. No what kids. What year was this? No kids. He didn't have any kids yet. Oh, okay. So this, yeah, that would have been my mom, yeah. So we sit down at dinner, and his, you know, your mother puts a big bowl of salad in front of him and says, Larry, you have to eat your salad. We're having spaghetti and meatballs or something. is great. <laughs> so he goes, I don't want it. And she says, Larry, you know you have to eat your salad. So he takes his two hands and he yep. goes into the salad bowl and just takes with two fistfuls of lettuce and eats it at the table. Yep. <laughs> with no fork and no condiments. No nothing, you know. Yep. And I'm just like that tracks. stunned. And we're going – well, I'm not putting... Yeah, and at that point, you're you're horrified, and you're like, well, what the hell do I do now? Yeah, no salad for me. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get off salad with these two grubby hands that have already been in there. But for him to do Would've it... Would have been better just, with Italian dressing. Dude. Anyway, so he was inappropriate way back when then, too. Anyway, Lonely Larry, thanks How for joining us. How old was he then? What, what, what age category are we talking about here? Teens? 50s. <laughs> 50s? 50s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he was like 70 years old when he was 25. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then it's just gone (laughs) way out of control ever since then. Yeah, no, he was kicking kids off his lawn when he was a kid himself. Anyway. Yeah, see, I can't throw stones at that because that's me. I never wanted to play with the other kids, so they'd come over to my house. I'd be like, please go away, Mm -hmm. and I would kick them off my lawn. Wow, okay, you you learned early. (laughs) Interesting. All right, listen, speaking about interesting, what are you um, drinking tonight, Raven? And there's a reason. Uh, my Kolsch. I, um, let me think. I think I'm down to 13 cases now. 13 so that cases. has the last okay, all right. until March. Lucky. So this is going to be a continued saga, guys. Okay. All right. This is, a, this is a big deal. I got This has to last me until March. March. Okay. So we're already talking about October. So that's five months. March 1st. 
uh, March like 20, 20th, 25th. Mm, that's that's typically when it comes out. Almost six months. Well, good luck. It's 13 like, cases. It's be impossible. Can't she do make it? Can't she do it? Not even close. Hmm. Well, nope. one will wow. mail you some if you don't. But look, speaking of what you're drinking, we had a contest recently. And um, what the contest was, you were drinking an odd drink one night. And so uh, we had a prize to give away, which was a mashup game. Of uh, Scrabble and Monopoly, it's called the Scrabble Monopoly mashup. It's um, a combination of those two, you know, vintage games. It's worth about eighty bucks. For my friend uh, Philo Baines at Winning Moves uh, Games, so we asked the audience for a couple of weeks, "What was that mysterious drink that you were drinking that night, Raven?" And uh, we got a lot of respondents. We put their names into the magic fishbowl, and tonight we're going to pick out the winner. Now I know I'm going to note. From the front office, saying that so many people respond to, we're actually giving away four prizes. Uh, the first prize will be the game, but the uh, two, three, and four are going to uh, win. Get this: a a autograph random book from Mac Maloney. How about that? Excellent. Okay. That's a keeper right there. Even I don't know. Is what it book. one of the best sellers? Yes, it is. Thank you, Cole. So, uh, um, why don't we get to the um, Magic Fishbowl, Raven? You have it in front of you. I hope. I do. I have a little message here uh -oh. um, that you sent me. Uh -oh. It looks like the fishbowl was actually hacked. It was hacked again. again? Yes, right. Yep. Again. Yep. Can't, yep. Can't uh, help it. Those Russians. Yep. Uh, so as the names come out, you know, um, number four, three, and two, we'll get a Magaloni book, and then number one, we'll get the mashup of um, Scrabble and Monopoly. Worth eighty bucks. It's a nice game, and um, I'd like to really uh, learn how to play it. It seemed like it would take a long time, but you know, never know. So anyway, why don't we start the music, Raven? And even though the magic fishbowl has been hacked, let's press forward anyway, please. All right. So the first winner of a random Mac book. Yes. This is a random Mac Maloney book, Ram not a random Mac book. You know what? I just read it out loud, and okay. I was like, let's. Uh, All right. Yeah. That is Sherry Hoey. Oh, Sherry Hoey. Let's please clap for Sherry. It's actually yeah. a long time. Great job, Sherry. Switch you isn't clapping. It. Is, is Switch float frozen there? No, there he is. Okay, he came to life. Okay, nice. Sure. Where, we have her address? Or? Uh, well, that's the thing is they all have Yeah, to... actually, I have her yeah. address right here. Okay. It's 537 First Street, and that is in... Um, San Diego, California. Yeah, she's a, I, I didn't mean social security number two. I didn't mean a street address. <laughs> yes, please. I didn't <laughs> have some people visiting her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll pick up so that out. Not her address. That was made up. Okay. Oh no. Okay. I was it. Okay. All right. Next, please. Wow. Next, we have. Oh, I lost my place already. Okay. Second winner of um, a random Mac Maloney book is Jeff Leitner. Jeff Leitner. Okay. All right. Jeff Leitner. That's a cool last name. That's right? a good name. Switch isn't clapping. Switch is not clapping. I want to put them on report. Next, please. Rick. Let it be noted, Switch is not clapping. Okay. Um, the third winner, we have Sir Edmund Prickley, third hedgehog hole on the right. One Juan's backyard, Old Hampshire, UK. Okay, all right, yeah. I might have been the guy that hacked him. Okay. Get Mr. Prickley, get it because he's a hedgehog? Mr. Prickley the hedgehog. There you go. Next, please, Rick. Which is still not. I talking. thought that was Lonely Larry's <laughs> nickname. Um, okay, the real third winner of a random Macaloni book is right. Robert D'Amico. Good mm. job, Robert. All right. yeah, yeah, that's fine. Good. Well, Switch is clapping. Switch finally started clapping. Okay. And, and I'm not frozen. Just, and just so you know. we look frozen. And 
Is this the number one winner? This is the one of the big prize winner? This okay. is the grand prize winner okay. of the Scrabble Monopoly mashup. We have Ruben Valdez. Okay, all right. Awesome. Great right. job, Ruben. Hey. Now, here's the thing. Everyone that uh, won tonight, you have to send me your mailing address, your real mailing address. Because it's funny. You ask people for their address, and they send you your email address. But, you know, you can't mail the stuff out until we have your mailing address. So all the winners tonight, please get in touch. Uh, go to macaloni.com, hit the contact button. And uh, let us know your address, and uh, we'll mail your prizes out uh, to you. So, everyone was can wondering, I, though. Can yes. I suggest something? Yes, please. Club. Rather than mail it, why don't you have them come to you, to you to pick it up? So, this way we know, you know who they are. Okay. All right. Well, if you think they someone. They can bring, like, their government ID. If, no, and then you could take, a, you know, the selfies and stuff. Okay. If, if some woman wants to come from San Diego for a $10 Mac Maloney, random Mac Maloney book, that's fine with me. It wouldn't That's be, a friggin' deal. It wouldn't be the first time that a fan has dropped into the studio that we weren't expecting, but that is definitely exactly okay. <laughs> anyway. Your addresses will not be shared. That was a joke. It's just for the lulls. Okay. So, um, okay, we got and so so that night, Raven, what were you drinking? Everyone wants to know. Hmm. So that night I was drinking um, what I, so I don't even know if this is a real drink. This is something I found online, but they called it the Baywatch. And it's, um, I don't know how to do real measurements. So I just do like two tablespoons of rum, two tablespoons of um, cranberry juice. And then I fill like the rest. I just kind of eyeball it with orange juice and it makes this really nice pink drink. It's super refreshing. Mm. You can put cherries in that bitch oh, you can mm. put like an orange slice <laughs> yes yes um like a pineapple slice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's very very light and fruity and it was perfect for summer Baywatch. uh i don't know if that's a real thing but it was fantastic okay. it oh. sounds baywatchy yeah, very baywatchy yeah. yes yeah and it's only like three ingredients so it's right. you, I, you know i just buy the cheap rum and there we go i think uh, pamela sue would drink that down in a Jiffy. Pamela, Pamela Sue. Have you, yeah, if she could afford it. Now listen, have you ever heard of uh, Irish hand grenade? Yeah. <laughs> Club, have you heard the of that? One, the Irish car bomb where you have to drop the thing. The Irish car bomb, yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish mm-hmm. car bomb. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. No, I don't like chugging things. They put three, um, it's three layers of booze, and when you look at it, it's, it's three different layers of booze. And then uh, when I was there, the, the guy had a uh, bottle of peppermint schnapps, and he says, let me put some shrapnel on top of it. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. Wow, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Bad. Very bad. Irish. Listen, in my day, we grew up yeah. drinking Four Locos that we would pay someone that was over the age of 21 to get us from the gas station. Go ahead. And we would have two, and we would be, like, really not well what, what, at that what, point. What but were they? it's okay. We would still keep going. But what, 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 <laughs> what were they? Yeah. What, what were Locos? Who was driving? Oh, no one. We just yeah. stayed where we were. What kind of beer okay. was that? What kind of booze were you buying? So it was a Four loco. I don't know if they have them in Massachusetts, no. but they, they have them in New York. And um, <clears throat> it was basically like a malt beverage oh, yeah. that was like, I don't know, probably 19% alcohol. Yeah, they, yeah they're usually 20% Ooh, alcohol. And they sell it at yep. a gas station. Yep. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Like Colt 45 is 20% yeah, alcohol. Uh, uh, yeah. 
Schlitzmont liquor or half and half for private stock. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that like that. That kind yep. of stuff. Yep. yep. But like, this is like, like you can have a Schlitz and like, it's, you know, it's tolerable. Like you put like some orange juice in a, in a Schlitz and you're like, good. These were just nasty. You were only drinking them yes. so that you could like get drunk really fast That's and then have a good time. What other reason to drink them as it turns out? Well, listen, yeah, yeah. I mean, Schlitz, it was funny. When we were kids, not that we're talking about booze, right? So when we were kids, we're young teenagers, and the people that we would get to buy for us always got Schlitz, right? And so when you're 13 years old, you're not going to complain what kind of beer they buy for you, right? So it was always Schlitz, always Schlitz. And then somewhere, somewhere around 15 or so, suddenly it turned to Miller. Everyone was drinking Miller. All of a sudden, Miller. I swear they, they they put it in our minds or something. You know, they brainwashed us and those. And I never looked back, man. I had a Schlitz probably I don't know, ten years ago, and it was awful. It was just really bad. I can't they believe I used to drink that stuff. Schlitz at that. Um, I don't know if this place is still around, and yes. th- this is not an advertisement. But Go if ahead. this if this location wants to advertise for us, I think yeah. we'd be okay with it. Go ahead. It was the Heart Attack Grill in Las Vegas. Yes, they sell Schlitz there, and they put it in a paper bag for you. Oh, see now that's so true. you have what is it? Your your hospital gown on, yep. <laughs> your Schlitz in your paper can, your paper bag <clears throat> in the can, and then you get like. Whatever, everything it's a really problematic place. That sounds but like it's fun. fun. It's, a, it's a fun place and it's Vegas. like gimmicky, but I like that. Vegas I think I already told my split story where I was uh, back in the old days when you had to put your tape deck install it in your car. Yes, yes. And yep. I, my buddy said, "Okay, you, you get us some beer and we'll put in your your tape deck." Okay. And so they they sent me off. I had no idea what to buy them. I bought Schlitz, mm. and when I brought it back, they all groaned and said. What? That horse piss? What's the matter with you? <laughs> so I, I had, you know, I, I, I just, uh, if I'd known, I would have got him Miller or something. Well, you know. Yeah, I think it was Schlitz rhymes with, you know what? You know what? <laughs> See, we drove, we bought the was, Schlitz malt liquor. It was a favorite in this area. For yeah, I never time. had Schlitz malt liquor. No. So that was at least, yeah. you know, it, ha- it was heavier. It was more like the half and refer. Buzzy, yeah. Yeah, it was higher octane, so. Yep, yep. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of booze, uh, Switchy, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I had a a really late breakfast. I went to Tudor's uh, uh, Biscuit World. Tudor's, yes. And I had the the country breakfast with uh, uh, eggs over easy, um, potatoes, and bacon. Nice. And and a biscuit. Okay. And potatoes, like hash browns or home fries? No, no, uh, uh, no, the uh, more like home fries. Yes. Home fries. Mm. Mm, 12 bucks. Uh, No, more like 10. 10. Okay. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're down there, West Virginia. Did you leave a tip? You don't leave a tip there. Can't leave a tip. No wow. no tip cups, nothing. Hmm. Now, if you tried to leave a tip, would it cause like a whole ruckus, do you it, think? It, it might. It I mean, I, they, they probably have a policy there where they don't, uh, you know, accept tips. Well, don't upset. I haven't seen anybody do it, so I, you know. What if, what if the front, like, lady or uh, person, I should say, that checked you out, that rang up your, your did the do-do-do, what if you left and they were outside, like having a break, maybe having like a little smoke, and you like passed them like a twenty? There you no go. No one would ever know, right? Yeah, but then they might just buy more cigarettes with it. Oh, see, that's a- yeah, exactly. That's what you do with that. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, hey, um, club, you have a small report for us. Not a small report. I do. It's it's what I call a quality report. Okay. Well, when we uh, dedicated to. Uh, my friend Switchy, he does a lot of quality reports. Right. You bet, Bubba. Uh, let, me, uh, let me put your uh, bumper in right here. 
reporting the latest in the U.S. military's new investigation into UFOs and what they still aren't telling you. It's time for the Club Report. Club, what do you have for us? Well, tonight I'm, I'm uh, getting away from the subject of asteroids. I think people are, you know, are getting a little nervous about that whole subject. So I want to be more on a positive note, I guess. So tonight I'm going to uh, talk about what happened. Uh, last week, uh, NASA named a uh, what they call a chief of UAP, previously known as UFO, research. And uh, <clears throat> NASA has been uh, under some pressure, particularly by Congress, to get more involved uh, in the whole UAP situation. Um, and so what they've done now is uh, to become more transparent, they've actually set up a, a unit there that they call the UAP um, Research Unit. Now, that was recommended by an independent study by uh, that NASA had put together by a group of outside physicists and so on <clears throat> because of the pressure to play a more prominent role in understanding UAPs. And uh, it, after that, I saw yesterday they actually announced who the uh, director, the new director of this uh, UAP research team is. And uh, his name is Mark McInerney. And uh, he's been with NASA for uh, a number of years. I think he goes back about uh, 25 years or so. But he's uh, he was previously there, uh, the NASA's liaison to the Department of Defense covering limited UAP activities for the agency. And he also served at various positions at NASA. So it got its space center. And so he's not really what you'd call a political appointment. So I, I feel really good about that that they're not bringing in some son of a senator or a congressman. Or, you know, they're actually bringing in someone from inside the, the company, you might say. And I think it's a good sign for us that they're doing this. Hopefully it's not just for show, but I, I think that, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing, that this is going to be something that's good, that should help produce some results in... Um, so anyways, a... Um, one of the things is is that he's going to develop a, a group there that, you know, they uh, they do this UAP research, but they also, uh, you know, which helps, you know, bringing NASA's expertise to work with the other agencies. So they haven't identified who the agencies are yet, but uh, the whole idea is that they're going to get together and they'll analyze and apply, uh, actually going to use... Uh, yeah, AI tools, artificial intelligence-powered tools in this new research. And uh, the thing is that the work will be, uh, they say, transparent, quote-unquote, for the benefit of humanity. Now, the thing is, they won't be going back uh, to previous uh, sightings or anything. This is going to be all new uh, sightings that come up that they'll be analyzing. So they'll, uh, this will be all, you know, going down a different road. Well, I've got now, a question for you. Yeah. And, and the data that they're going to collect or collate, it's not just going to be military sightings. Didn't they say they were going to uh, consider, you know, 
people sightings, you know, regular Joe Schmoes who are out there and not drunk, high, or, you know, or anything that, that they're reporting something that they seem, that they feel legit. They're going to take One, that that's into a good point. Absolutely. This is going to uh, cover all kinds of sources as far right. as, you know, the sightings are concerned. Now, uh, I do have a little concern that, uh, you know, that it's ho hopefully it's just looking at sightings of UAPs, but I'm always suspicious when they bring someone in in another area that was involved in another subject, and he was part of the uh, the uh, group over there that also was uh, into uh, asteroids. So there always seems to be some connection, but uh, hopefully this is over at the JPL, mm -hmm. you know, and. Uh, so anyways, uh, it's interesting that he's coming in there with that kind of background. So we'll have to wait and see if they expand that. But um, the other thing is, you know, we have this, as you know, last year, we, there was the DOD had uh, set up a new mm -hmm. unit also, um, which was the Airborne Object Identification and management synchronization process. Yes. I should have just given you the uh, acronym, but yes. anyways, that seems to be kind of competing <laughs> now because that was sort of the charge of, of that group. And it doesn't, like I say, it doesn't identify yet what agencies, uh, you know, uh, this new uh, UAP research group right. will be working with. So, you know, maybe they'll get involved with them, but to me it sounds like we're, covering pretty much the same thing, but it's, it's, it is the DOD versus NASA, so it's, there's a, maybe it's going to lead to more cooperation, I hope. Probably not. I mean, nothing you need more than a rival trying to get the same money you're going for, you know, if you're in a government program or whatever. But I, I think I think that, that NASA having an – I think people feel oh, – um, I shouldn't say that. I mean, do you, do you trust NASA any more than you trust the U.S. military? I, I do. I do. Because they're um, scientists. They're more scientists know, than anything. They're, they're a little more independent on certain things. But I, I trust them more because they have more expertise. Mm -hmm. You know, they have all That's the true. physicists and the scientists and all those folks. Yeah. Where the D, DOD is a little bit different. And, and the DOD's focus is really more on national security from right. a different angle. Yeah, yeah. And they, they sort of incorporated now this whole thing with UAPs. But... Yeah, I, I, in answer to your question, I, I definitely have more. Yeah, you know, I, I feel stronger about the, the NASA connection here. Right. It, the, the thing so, is, is anyways, the, I'm sorry. I was going to say, but but every time there is some kind of an announcement, and usually it's an announcement to to change the name of the office, or you know, there's another one springing up. There's never anything there, you know what I mean? There's just it's always like uh, we you know we don't know what they are, and uh, you know we're looking into it. It's it's not much. It's how they any news any more we're not any more enlightened than we were ten years ago. Other than the fact that they have made this big admission that yes they do exist. No, we don't know what they are, and then we always thought that was the reason they wouldn't admit to it. But suddenly they fess up that they know something is out there, and the military thinks if it's some kind of a national security threat, we have to look into it. And a lot of them show up on military ranges and stuff like that. But as you say, NASA will look at it from another point of view, from a scientific point of view, maybe hopefully. That's really what it is, and in fact, in their charge, it does say uh, scientific. They emphasize that, so maybe that's how they're mm -hmm. differentiating themselves from uh, 
the DOD's uh, group. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's interesting that they're doing that. It's funny because at the announcement, which included the head of NASA, um, they also come back and said they found no proof of uh, any alien uh, mm-hmm. you know, involvement in some of these sightings, you know, that they'd be coming over the side. So it's interesting. They, they combine that presentation of the new division with that comment about, you know, there's no nothing behind the aliens thing. So far, they haven't found anything. Excuse me? Yeah. So they said they baselined it. They baselined their, their new organization right from the start by saying, yeah, but, you know, there's really nothing, nothing out there. Nothing there. You know, we don't know what it is. We're just looking into what, it, but, but we don't know what it is. But, 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 you but know the, the name head, change but we love was the name. important because they changed it from airborne to anomalous, mm-hmm. suggesting that they're going to do a little bit more uh, undersea activity. Well, and the other part of that is during the presentation, the head of NASA did uh, answer a question and response. Does he believe there are, you know, other life forms out there? And he said, you know, you have to. Mm-hmm. How big the universe is, or mm-hmm. whatever it is out there, so he didn't downplay that he doesn't believe in it. Could be something. He just said that you know the committees or whatever that last group that did some uh, research came back, you know, and, and with that finding. But no, he clearly said that. Uh, how can we believe that we're the only ones, you know, are, are mm-hmm. life forms? Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's uh, the, the fact. If if we were the only life form in the universe, that would be more mind blowing than if if it's you know filled with different species and stuff. You know, why us? I mean, how arrogant can we be? To right. Think that exactly. We're the only ones. I yeah. Don't know. We're not we're the only ones. Probably the smallest type of lowest life form there is. With bugs. And, uh, <laughs> yes. and that's why I think some of them can't find us. You know, it's like ants. Bug planet. You know, we're like ants, and they see us down here, but they don't give us any recognition. <laughs> Um, I I have to remind you that there are people that think that the Earth is flat. That's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. Okay. All, right. Yeah. All right. Those Stop. are the ones that think that we're the only ones here. Yes, that's right. You know, I I don't have a lot of faith in, in NASA, but uh, you know, how, how long has it taken for them to to at least say they're going to be serious about this for right. decades yeah they yes. have belittled you know the, the sightings even airline pilots had to be careful about reporting it i, I started yeah. to reread incident at exeter you know we just went to the exeter festival by john fuller yes, written yes. mid-60s and that's a that's a fascinating story to revisit there were there were actually at that time some of the newspapers were actually giving some credibility because you had a lot of police officers that were seeing these things. Yeah, yeah, yes, and, yes. Uh, you know, and, and, and people were seeing these things in mass mm-hmm. and they weren't, it wasn't just a helicopter. These things were very, uh, you know, very up close, uh, uh, all lit up, uh, noiseless. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was one little brief time where it, it got some credibility, but then, you know, uh, we, we've all seen over the years, the, uh, the, the UFO story at the end of the newscast for the little funny bit. Yeah, always you know, so funny have bit. A, have a good chuckle. Yep. No, that's an excellent point. Always. And that's why this is significant because, you know, remember NASA was really focused on planets and the universe. They weren't focused on trying to find, you know, uh, aliens themselves. Right. Yes. The idea of NASA is to go up and, uh, you know, discover what's going on in the moon, probably as much for resources as anything else. In Mars, but hmm. you know that wasn't their focus. Was the the life, whatever life there is up there? It was more you know getting to these getting locations yeah, and yeah, finding yeah. out what's up there. Yep. And and not really with a focus on 
uh, the, you know, little green men up there. I think it was more focused on, you know, the, as you can see from the tests they do in there, you know, looking for water and, and all kind of resources right, yeah. and looking for life, but what they would consider to be, you know, very minimal kind of a life. So I think it's significant that, like you say, that all of a sudden now they're, they're finally yeah. admitting this instead of laughing at it. And I mean, look at it, CNN, all these uh, networks now give much more time to uh, to these groups. In fact, that was one of the CNN uh, areas uh, last week when they announced this, you know, formation and they interviewed the head of NASA. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, there's some uh, legitimacy uh, well, yeah, now, and I mean, it makes us all think maybe they know something. They really do know something that we don't know. And maybe they're about ready to, to tell us something, you but, know, um, we'll find out. Um, yeah. All I know is that uh, it's, it's a good sign to see them, uh, you know, getting into this again. Well, they got a lot of people looking into it. So yeah. the more the merrier, right? I'm going to say something controversial. Please maybe. do. Please, please. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're ready. I don't. I don't have like high hopes in NASA because mm. to me it's like they're they're um, being held up by you know the government, and I don't have any hope in the government. So, mm. like, I feel like they're building us up to tell us something like, "Oh, remember when we said Pluto wasn't a planet? <laughs> well, now Mars wasn't a planet either. No, they're no. gonna like do something stupid that no. doesn't even make sense no. and throw everyone off, and then." Years later, they'll do something crazy again, like say aliens are real, hmm. and it's going to start like this weird cycle of mistrust, almost. You know what I mean? And, and and how do you announce it? And who announces it? Do you know what I mean? You're not going to have just some guy Mr. down at NASA. NASA. It would have to be Obviously. the president of the United States would have to announce it if it was something like really, really real, and have the NASA guy right there with him or whatever. You know. That would what, shock. What makes you believe that it would be the United States? That well, would, that's another thing. Assuming it was, the, an, I would think it would be like the United Nations. That is true. No, no, they that's wouldn't share true. that. No, that's would, an assumption that I shouldn't assume. But yeah, you're right. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. That's only in the movies that they would share that. By the way, if we take a, a Elon a, Musk might announce it. Something what? like that. Oh yeah. God, I just threw up everywhere. Oh, the Chinese. I, I just or hope something. they don't say Uranus is not a planet. Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> that's my favorite. Listen, oh, hang on. If that isn't a good if, club, is that a good way to end your report? Well, leave it to switch. Okay, huh? <laughs> to try to ruin. I wanted to. I, I wanted oh, to I have got, a little funny bit at the end of the newscast. Yeah, uh, I got a T-shirt that says "This Life on Uranus." I, wow. I, I do have a T-shirt that says, uh, "You know, something about Pluto. Rest in peace, uh, nineteen thirty to two thousand and four, whatever it was." Go ahead. That's it. There's no punchline. No, to watch Uranus or something? Come on, they got to put something on the back of that thing. Anyway, uh, well, thank you. My T-shirt's going to outsell. Come on, says <laughs> life on Uranus. Thank you, Club. That's going to sell. Thank you. Club. Quite welcome. Yeah, and I'll keep you. That's keep where Klingons originate. Keep us updated. I'm going to get uh, directly involved with uh, all of the NASA sites and see if I can uh, follow this. Uh, yes. And see if we get more out of it. Yeah, this is a big. That's a big deal. It'll be fun. To, I don't think to say. be serious. It's, yeah. a, it's a big deal. And I hate to I say you have to capture. Let's see how the funding goes. You follow the money. Oh, yes, right, exactly. But you have to you capture know? one. You know what I mean? For anyone to be convinced, and that's why I know they don't have any of them right now. You have to capture one, and you have to say this is this, and this is this, and you know you have to really look at it in a scientific way. You know, way not not this kind of fresh big bang. Type of way you have to bring it out. If you had something like that, you would bring it out and you would give all the scientific reasons 
why you believe this is not of Earth. You know, instead of something that looks like a a garbage can or something. You know, just it really anyway. <laughs> why don't we do this? Why don't we take what a, a bunch of skeptics we have here? I take a a take a commercial break. Calm down. Let me take an Oreo break. There you go. Take an Oreo break. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mold Tracks on show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please take two. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54. How about Tonopar Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. We're going to show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, girls. Very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome back to the show. It's been a fun one so far. So far. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Also with us is our national correspondent down there in West Virginia somewhere, Switchblade Steve Wood. Switch. Uh, great to be here. And uh, like JJ says, so far, we got a ways to go yet. So far. Thank you, Switch. <laughs> he's he's a, a, a glass half full type of guy. In the studio with us is uh, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Slash getaway driver. Uh, also, uh, Chief of Security, Willie Club. Willie, how are you doing? Well, you know, Mac, I'm doing great, and I disagree with the folks here because huh? I think so far it's been pretty impressive tonight. Well, I, know, I don't want to say my presentation had a lot to do with it. No. But well, I, I really sure uh, I found this very informative. Thing. I think when you're showing everybody your cachet of junk food was probably a highlight. I know it was for me. And, and I'm oh, just yes. trying to cope. That's why I'm eating a donut now. There you go. See? It's a it's a it's a gateway drug. Look. Also with us though is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways Young Raven is with us, Raven. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. And Club, your report was great, so you are allowed to pat yourself on the back for There that. you go. Go ahead. We'll I see you doing. Did. Thank you very much, Good. Raven. Right. I'm okay. glad. You're welcome. Scaring the Great hell, of, scaring the hell of, out of us once again. Thank you. Uh, we have a guest on now, so we should probably behave ourselves. Tom Harry Campbell is a novelist, and he's uh, calling in. And let's clap him on now, just in case we forget to do it later. Tom, how are you? How do you want to be addressed? Holly, uh, Tom, or what? Most writers have three names. Tom is fine. Harley is fine. Either okay. one. Okay. And uh, you can call me Tom. You can call me Harley. You have a uh, a book out called Blue Book, and it's a um, 
a, a mystery series that you do, right? Yeah, it's the second book of a series that I uh, started a few years ago. Okay. And uh, it's set in Dayton, Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, near Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Yes, yes. And, and where I grew up. And, um, yeah, this is the second book. Okay. And, and uh, on the back cover, let's just, uh, you know, uh, talk about this uh, right off the bat. You have a Cincinnati Reds hat on. Is that? Uh, well, I was going to. I was going to mention that when I saw your Boston hat there. Was that yet by your choice, or uh, did they make you wear that hat? No, no, no. I'm a. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. So okay. Cincinnati was my team. That's a brave move. Okay, they used to be good. And, you know, I'm sure you remember the 1975. Okay, World that's Series. all right. Why did you have to bring that up? Hey. We, we, we all remember, we all remember that. It's still it's, a, it's still an open wound, believe me. But anyway, yes. Uh, so um, so anyway, you you grew up near Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Yeah, a mile away, mm-hmm. a mile really? away from the from the southernmost end of Wright Field, mm-hmm. which was the mm-hmm. old part of the base. Well, why were you yeah. there? Was was your family in the military? Uh, no. I uh, grew up, my dad and mom both grew up in Dayton, and I was born there, mm-hmm. and um, that's just where I started life. As a kid, you must have seen a lot of airplanes coming and going, right? Yeah, we were uh, we were right there. We were about six or seven miles, actually, almost in the flight path, mm-hmm. almost straight over our house of the uh, of the field at, at, at the Patterson field where the, there was a sack base during the Cold War there, mm-hmm. and the B-52 bombers with their you know, nuclear bombs were four, four would fly over our house okay. and then uh, they'd circle around for 12 hours, kept aloft by the four KC-135s that also took off over our house and then uh, they would land and or four more would take off and then they would land. Was, they were always in the air. Always in the air. There was a, there was a time in, uh, in the Cold War, during the Cold War, and it, it lasted pretty well into the 60s, I think, that the Air Force of the United States had a literally a bomber force in the air 24 hours a day for like years, okay, just yeah, in case the Russians try to do something. Now, first of all, the Russians, no way in the world would the Russians have the money, the the, the equipment, the knowledge, the technology to do that, okay? They, they can't even get an aircraft carrier to float. But that's the, that's the kind of, that's the pressure we put on those guys at, at any minute, Boom! These these planes are going to be there in like a half hour before you even know what's happening. So, it costs a lot of money, and 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 back then too, especially in the '60s, um, what they used to do. Someone said, "Well, why don't we have these planes actually do something while they're up there?" So they they would make mock bombing runs on big cities in uh, in the United States. And I can remember just seeing you know like six planes flying in a formation over Boston, way up high, always yeah. with the always with the contrails and. Uh, yeah, it's quite a time. So that must have been cool because we we never saw military aircraft where I grew up in Boston. But that must have been really nice if you rented yeah, well that, that stuff. I mean, that was that was sort of the that was a big part of it. But there was always there were always experimental aircraft in the air, things that nobody we had no idea what they were, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was just nonstop sonic mm-hmm. booms. Sonic booms were a daily part of my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were kids, we would hear a sonic boom because there was a naval air station in Weymouth. Which is probably yeah. twenty miles away from us, but we should just explain to people that right past an Air Force base is it's a lot of things. It's a it's a big base, but there's a museum there too, and there's there's a lot of uh, experimentation that goes on there. There's just it's just a huge huge facility, and yeah, it's the Wright Brothers Museum, right? Well, the it's the uh, the the main museum there is the is the Museum of the Air Force, which is huge, and it's mm-hmm. on Old Wright Field. That that part of it is very close to my 
you know, the house that I grew up in and it's a huge museum. They've got all sorts of famous, famous airplanes there. Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, it, it's on the part of the field where right next to area B, which is where, uh, portions of the book, uh, portions of my book are because it, that's where project blue book, uh, was located. For a while, and, yeah. uh, so all that's right there. Yeah. 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 Yep, famous place in the middle of a lot of different controversies and stuff. Um, so yeah, this is the your second book. Um, how long did it take you to write this book? Well, actually, both books, I, I'm a pretty fast writer once I start. I think they both books had a rough draft six months, mm. you know, mm. after I, after I, on both books. And then there was a lot of editing and, yes. you know, rewri rewriting and stuff, but pretty quick. That sucks, though, doesn't it? Doesn't it really just suck to re-edit the book over and over and over again? Uh, well, you know, it's a great learning experience. Um, it's, mm. and I didn't mind it. I loved the writing part of it. Uh, mm. That editing part, not so bad. The part that I hate was trying to market it, and I'll and, oh, I'll, that's and how, it's yeah, just yeah. totally disheartening, and it's a it's soul crushing, is what it is. And uh, not sure if I'm going to keep going or not. But anyway, I got a couple of good ones out there, I think. Well, that's good. That's good. So how can people, um, just remind people how they can get it? Hey, you want me to hold it up so they can see it? Well, we're, radio, yeah. we're a radio show, but yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, that's right, the radio. I keep yeah, forgetting. We, yeah, but we can see it. Yeah, I, got one, go. I have one right here. <laughs> there, yeah, there we go. There we go. Sweet. Very good. I like the cover. Yeah, it's a cool no, cover. I, I, yeah. I haven't seen the back cover. What's the back cover you're talking about? i my Cincinnati Reds picture on There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the cover is dope. I love it. I, I think it's a brave statement. Go. Good, good. Wow, huh? So, so without it's available. It's available how? Yes. Available on Amazon and uh, uh, what's the other one? Barnes and Noble. And just Blue Book. Just go Blue Book. Yep. And I don't know if you guys saw the. Uh, did you Did you happen to notice who I dedicated the book to? No. Let's see. Marilyn Monroe. What the? No. <laughs> uh, no I, 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 tell us. Tell us. Uh, the book is dedicated to an old friend of mine named Carl Quintanella. Okay. And uh, it's dedicated to his memory. He died a few years ago. I, I think I know but the name. His, his father was the uh, director of Project Blue Book. Oh, okay. Wow. Mr. Quintanella. Wow, wow, wow. And, uh, and um, Carl and I were good buddies through uh, the whole time that a lot of my buddies were Air Force guys, Air Force kids. You know, they they all lived like a mile away in, in base housing. Mm -hmm. And so we had a big gang of kids. And uh, and Carl was one of them. And, um, and when, uh, I mean, we knew about Project Blue Book just because of him, mainly. I mean, most people didn't really know about it back then mm -hmm. too much. But uh, I had to do a high school. And when I was in high school, my junior year of high school, I had to interview somebody, just anybody really, for a, uh, for a um, journalism class that I was in. Yes. And I asked Carl if his dad would let me interview him, and, and he asked his dad, and he said, fine. So I interviewed Hector Quintanella. Wow, that's excellent. In fact, here, oh, you're still on the radio, but anyway, I'll show you guys. Here is a Blue Brook brochure that he gave me. Nice. Dave, wow. 1967. That's, so cool. that's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically the, uh, you know, the, the same stuff they were telling everybody. And, um, but when I interviewed him at the end of the interview, uh, he gave me, he fed me all the same stuff that he fed everybody. And uh, at the end of the interview, I, I, I asked him off the record. I said, okay, this is off the record. Um, what do you think about UFOs? Mm -hmm. And 
alien life. And he said, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the universe is too vast for us to think it would be arrogant of us to think we're the only ones out here. Yep. yep. Talk about that a lot. Yep. So it'd be almost impossible. It's almost in, you're not, I mean, they've discovered now that there are two trillion galaxies, two <laughs> trillion galaxies. And every galaxy has at least a trillion stars in it or, you know, or, or some, you know, huge hundreds of billions of stars in it. Yeah, and they have it planets. Hurts, you know? It hurts my head to think about it. It really does. Yeah, yeah. And and the way that you get from here to there isn't ballistic missiles. You know what I mean? It's you have to find some other way to, you know, to to go from here to there, you know, wormholes or whatever. Because obviously, it's so vast, it's not made meant for us in what we would call rocket ships to go. Hmm. It, it would take two hundred years just to get to the nearest, you know, the next um, star or whatever. So. There's we something build, wrong. We have to figure out how to build a flying saucer. Yeah, right. Yep. Or or just a, some kind of a time machine, I think, would be able to do it, you know. But anyway, so um, um, what do, without giving away a good, you know, any plot points, all right, uh, I mean, when did you start become interested in UFOs? Well, as, as I said, pretty much back then. I mean, I uh, I never was a big I wouldn't consider myself a ufologist or um, anything like that, but I've always paid attention to it because of Carl and his dad and my, uh, you know, my acquaintance with them. And uh, so that it's, it's been around for a while. I've witnessed a couple of UFOs personally, and uh, that's, that helped keep my interest in it to some degree. Did uh, I mean, as a kid, when I was a kid, we knew of UFOs. There were there were a few books in our library, but they were actually like flying saucer movies back then. You know, like Invasion from Mars. You you know U.S. versus flying saucers. There was there was that. It's like the UFO. It's like the you know flying saucers as opposed to UFOs. You know, and they were always really really cool movies. No matter how bad they were, there was always something really cool about them. And that's that's what kind of attracted me to it. Saying, well, this is strange that there might be something. Something really odd out there, you know. It's not all just what the nuns tell you, you know. It's there's something else, you know. So oh, you had not you had nuns too. <laughs> I had nuns, yeah, yeah. You but should read my first book. <laughs> oh, really? Is it about nuns? Really? Yeah, huh? It's about the. It's about a. Um, it's the same cop. It's in Dayton. Okay. It's sort of. Uh, it's it sort of develops. His, his character is much more developed in the first book, but he. It's all about uh, Catholic. Uh, uh, abuse by the priest mm. in the Catholic Church. Oh no! It's uh -huh. not a case that he's in, a big case that he's investigating about that. Okay. So uh, none of that in the second book. The second book is um, just about investigating a bunch of murders that take place. Uh, that are all they all seem to be leading back to Wright Patterson Air Force Base mm -hmm. and the remnants of Project Blue Book and uh, and the cop John Burt gets sucked into the whole thing and. He's uh, he's uh, afraid he might be the next one to go. So, so well, if if Hollywood came to you and said, "Okay, who do you want to play your main character? Who would it be?" Well, you know, I thought about that after I wrote the first book. He's probably too old now. Go ahead. But I thought I thought uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a good actor. <laughs> but he's a, and he's also a musician. 
And I'm mm-hmm. a musician, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought we'd get along, but he's, what, probably, what, he's probably too old now. Yeah, that'd be a good choice. <laughs> what instrument do you play? I play the bass fiddle. Oh, okay, oh, all right, okay. Yeah. Was, we had a joke there for a second, but, you know. Yeah, you kind of, is, you know, I started out playing old-time music and bluegrass music. Oh, really, yeah? Okay, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah. There's a lot yeah, of talent that goes into clubs and stuff here. So. There's a lot of talent that goes into playing that music. You know, there really is. You know, and wh- whenever you see bands like that, they always play live. They're never faking it. Nothing in the country are ever faking it. No, no, no. Oh. And somewhere I saw, I looked at something. Mac, Mac's a musician, right? Or he did yeah. an album. No, no. I just hang around with musicians. That's why I wanted to. <laughs> what do you call a guy who hangs around with musicians? A drummer? No. Yeah. A groupie. Yeah, a groupie, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so, so um, uh, you can find your book on Amazon. Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, and um, yeah, okay, it's out there. It's called Blue Book, John Burke Mystery by Tom Holly Campbell. Now we were saying last week that anyone who has three names, they sound like a serial killer or something. Did you yeah. take that in well, mind? Well, the reason that happened is, I mean, Tom Campbell is my real name. Okay, and then. Uh, like I said, I was I was a musician and I got into this band. Mm-hmm. And we all had sort of odd. Uh, this was a bluegrass band, so we all had sort of stage names. And I was I was Hurricane Harley Hot Mud. <laughs> okay, I was waiting for <laughs> Harley Davidson. The, the band was the Hot Mud family. Hot Mud. Okay, Hot Mud. Was hurricane, hurricane Harley Hot Mud. And then uh, oh. another guy joined the band, and his name was Tom also. And it oh. just got confusing to have two Toms. Yes. So they decided they were just going to call me Harley. So pretty much from the age I was 25 on, everybody knows that I've met since then knows me as Harley. Wow. Huh? From there on back, all my family and high school friends and grade school friends know me as Tom. So Whoa. I wanted to put both names on the book. So, so what do you, cool. what have you done for, what have you done? What, what was your career? What did you do? Well, uh, for many years, a musician, I was on the road as a musician, really? and traveled all over the country in Europe. And, uh, and then I was a songwriter for several years. I back and forth to Nashville, wrote some, some, a lot of, you know, country music and, uh, wrote a lot of bluegrass gospel kind of songs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and you were able to make a living doing that. Well, for a while. Yeah. yeah. But then I, then I wised up and quit the road, got married, yeah. okay. became a, machinist for several years and then a carpenter and a house painter and uh, a contractor and i retired about a year and a half ago i i the last 15 years i was a home inspector for a real estate transaction really yeah mm-hmm. yeah huh yeah. oh you've been in any haunted houses i was gonna say you know have uh, you they're all haunted they're all haunted. There you go, <laughs> exactly there you go boom well wow, that's funny. one house a good one that i i i inspected uh I live here in Ithaca, New York. Or, well, I live in Trumansburg, but it's right near Ithaca. Oh, that's where. Uh, oh, that's my where. Uh, goodness, up... I'm in upstate New York too. Yeah. Yeah. Raven is up there. I'm in Binghamton. Binghamton. Oh, Binghamton. Well, we're right. We're neighbors. My daughter. Yeah. Endicott. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like literally right down the road. That's so funny. But anyway, uh, Hans Beta, who was uh, sort of the second man in line for the uh, for Los Alamos for the for the Manhattan Project behind. Uh, Oppenheim. Oppenheimer. Behind Oppenheimer, yeah, a guy named Hans Beta. And uh, he was here in Ithaca. And uh, my my wife's father was a mathematician for many, many years at Cornell. And so he knew all these guys. And, and there were five or six of them that worked on the Manhattan Project here. Mm-hmm. And we always referred to them as the bomb boys. But mm-hmm. um, 
Mm -hmm. I inspected, one of my inspections was a house that Hans Beta's son was selling. Okay. And when I went into the basement, guess what I found? (laughs) A bomb shelter. Oh, oh, is that right? Wow. Okay. He knew. He knew. Hans Beta's son. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Everything's okay, but we're building a bomb shelter. Pretty cool. That's yeah. that's was really. There, was there food in the bomb shelter? You know, uh, it was sea pretty, rats or something? Pretty much cleared out a couple of cheap old bunk beds and mm. you know, concrete block walls. And Wind up radio. Uh, there was no, Wind not. Wind up radio, there. really? Oh, too bad. Yeah, no yeah. That's really cool, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's anyway. that must have been. Uh, you must be a very accomplished bass fiddle player for you to tour the world. Uh. Uh, well, I, you know, I played enough to fool people. And you can, oh, this, this, he's, he's, he's a real musician. I never played jazz. Do you have one here? Yeah, no one understands that. Do you have one close to you? Do you have a bass fiddle? Uh, downstairs in the, uh, in the dining room. Well, listen, if, if we take it, can you still play it? Oh, yeah. All right, well. Oh, I play, I'm still in a band. We have a band here with my wife plays snare drum and got a band here and, uh, Called Toivo, T O I V O V O. It's the Finnish word for hope. And our accordion player is a Finnish guy, and uh, we play a lot of Finnish music and Tex Mex music and Cajun music and country music and rock and roll, all kinds of stuff. I'll tell you, if we take a uh, quick break now, could you um, hang around and just play us into the next next segment? No, I can't do that. Will you sing? <laughs> Can you sing? No, I'm not. <laughs> Can you dance? All right. You want to hang around for? Do you want to hang around for about? Ten more minutes. Well, I want to ask Tom. I want to ask you a question. Do you have any records? Records out? Uh, back from the old days. Yeah, I had re- recorded a couple albums with two different bands, and um, and then uh, the only C- this band that I'm playing with now, we we have one CD out that we've that we recorded about twelve years ago. So it's mm-hmm. old stuff, but it's the same band. We've been the same same group of people here in Trumansburg. We're all local. We don't go on the road. Mm-hmm. We play in local clubs and bars and yeah, yeah. parties and different things, dances. It's, it's all fun, though, isn't it's it? It's fun, yeah. 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 I mean, real Sounds musicians. Sounds like a blast. You need any roadies? <laughs> <laughs> he said roadies, not groovies. All right, so listen, why don't we take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here, so please stay tuned. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, Military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney, 
on sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network, this is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, girls, you know who's here? Famous Juan Juan. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome back to the show. Have it's awesome. It's funny. It's great. And we got Tom Harley here. And you had uh, someone deliver you uh, junk food today from the States, yeah. from the colonies. <laughs> wow. All across the Atlantic. There you go. favorite food. Uh, also with us is our um, national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, Switchy. It's great to be here and great to be the national correspondent. There you go. Okay, first time he's ever said that. Did you have a cat on your desk there a little while ago? I, I did earlier. Uh, okay. One was walking around and uh, then uh, one was laying on the uh, keyboard that's, and now they're both on the bed. There you go. Okay, that's going to be several demerits, okay, at the end of the year. Uh, so we uh, have our club, security chief. Club, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. I know we've got a good show tonight because it's time's flying by. You yes. Know, some yes. nights it drags. Yes. Not many nights. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tough love. Night. From oh, Club, can you give us a couple examples of shows <laughs> that drag for you? Yeah, when you did that last presentation last year. Oh, that is a I don't nice know why. Come on, really. Hey, we no, have video. It's, it's a, it's a fun show tonight. We have video of you two bro hugging. Don't forget that at the uh, <laughs> Exeter Festival. I love the man. Yeah, uh, the thing is, Club is a lot taller in person. That he is on Zoom. Yeah, right, as it turns out. And yep. you're a lot smaller in person. Wow, well, see, uh, you walked right into that. That was a landmine. Club, do you have aviator glasses? I, I do, of course. I've been mm-hmm. wearing those for years. I can't wear heavy glasses. Well, yeah, huh? They're no good for my nose. So I always wear <laughs> Yeah. No. Well, put them on, and we'll all want to vote for Joe Biden. So listen. I would, but you wouldn't want to put a ball in my cap automobile. On, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you are riding around in a Cadillac, right? How's that for you? Do you still have your Jeep or you do you have a caddy in a dip- No, just just the caddy. Yeah, yeah. Just the caddy. Nice car, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he drove it down the it's, island. It's, I, I, I got it with the, the royalties I get here. <laughs> Did you really? See, Switch, you if get you save royalties? if you save your money. Anyway. That oh uh, uh UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo is here too. Al. Hello, Mac. Hello everyone. You think the night is dragging you? Uh, no, but I, I didn't get any royalties either, so well, they that join, might make a difference. Join the club. <laughs> you know, I have no idea what that is. Anyway, also uh, a good friend up there in Sideways, now Raven is with us, Raven. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. And you had a cat in your uh, screen a little while ago as well, right? Yeah, she was not having it tonight, so she left me. She's wow. uh, She went to make biscuits in the other room. I see. Okay. So, Mac, yes. how many demerits is Raven going to get compared to how many demerits I'm going to get? Oh. You know, I was wondering the same thing. Thank you for bringing that up, Switch. What is it? What is a demerit for a cat? I, I don't know. And, and what what egregious thing? You know, your, your cat was on more. You know, we had more of a visual uh, a, a sighting of your cat. You know, mine. You might have seen the tail go by. So I think that's less demerits for me. Uh, no, you would think you have a backwards. 
Yeah. I, I'm going to disagree, but it is not up to me. It's not right. It's not Raven Maloney's Military X-Files. That's right. Remember so that, I, I Switch. I can't hand out the demerits. So. <laughs> but we did see Raven's cat um, during the uh, UFO festival uh, on the big screen behind them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it was, oh, it was a good, and I kept saying, I'm hearing Mac this. turns around, he's going to have he'll a go stroke. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> did that happen really? <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, yeah. So you know they I mean? were pointing and laughing. I'm like, oh my God, okay, I'll just hold you. And then like she's sitting there for like a couple of minutes staring at like, you know, my camera. And I'm like, she was <laughs> such a freak. I'm like, what are you doing? Worldwide audience. Uh, also with us, uh, joining us tonight is uh, author Tom Holly Campbell. He has a new book out called Blue Book, a John Burke mystery. Why don't we give him a round of applause? Because when he's famous, he'll remember the little guys on the way up. Am I going to get demerits or royalties? Yeah, okay. <laughs> do you have any you get, cats you get in worldwide your house? Recognition. You don't have cats, do you? Tom? Uh, as of about six months ago, no. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. 18 years old. Oh, oh, my. Oh. Good life. No, no good demerits life. For, no for heart. Okay. Eighteen. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, did the cat ever do anything that you thought was just kind of I don't want to say paranormal, but just kind of odd behavior? Um. Well, the cat's name was Lucy, and not long after I after she died, um, I was playing golf, and I found a golf ball on the course, and I picked it up. And, and printed, not handwritten, but actually a print printed on the on the golf ball. Mm -hmm. It said, "Lucy the cat says, have fun." No way! What? what? That was pretty. My whole body is doing that. Like what? Wow! 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 Is there some kind of brand of golf ball that's Lucy the cat have no, fun? I think it was a Titleist or a you know just a top flight ball, but someone had printed this. You know, little letters on there. I still have the ball. I have it downstairs somewhere. You still have it. Wow, you that's nuts. It up and took it, and it's. Oh yeah, I'm never going. Oh yeah. To... Yeah, no, I hang would, on I to that. That forever. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. That's a crazy story. Of all oh, chances, you know what I mean? But that was that was Lucy. That was Lucy reaching out to you for sure. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Stuff like that happens a lot. Do you know what I mean? I mean, everyone thinks you know, but it happens so much that someone said there's no coincidences because. If there were, why would why do they happen so much? You know, there's there's got to be some reason for stuff like that, and it could be a glitch in the matrix. It could be this. It could be stuff that is beyond our understanding. But stuff like that, you, know, you just hear from, you know, you just you there was someone who we knew talked to about a year ago. <clears throat> they got married. They went on a, on a cruise, and they saw the you know how they they saw their in laws on the same their future in laws were on the same cruise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the okay. So there's two strange. people. The the of the There's a guy and a girl, and they're just you know kind of going out. You know they haven't met the parents yet. The parent they're looking at old home movies. You know years later, and there's the girl's parents on the same cruise as the guy's parents. Well, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? I've seen photographs like that where people have they're in the background, been, like in the background yeah. of a photo. And like the the person, the focus of the photo was like their wife that they met like ten yeah, yeah, years yes. later. So it's how weird. crazy. Yeah. See, how does that happen? You know what I mean? How does that happen? And if just you 
snapped a photo at that time or taken photos at that time, you would not know what had happened. You know what I mean? But here's the proof that stuff like that happens all the time. You might not be aware of it. But, yeah, strange. But, I've, I, you know, we think about cats. The, the path of life was mapped out, and part of that evidence is in those frames, in those captures, in those instances that we call coincidences. Mm. And it's, uh, it's the matrix. That's all there is to it. It's something. It's something. It's a blip. It just seems like a blip in the program for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and I've had like maybe a ha- maybe f- four really crazy, crazy ESP coincidences. Just no other way to explain it than something just yeah, really Mac. weird. Yes. I think you mean ESPN. ESPN? No, come on, Raven. You that mean was a joke. I'm the, hilarious. The betting capital of TV. Now. I'd love to have a two second ESP. That would be fun. Two second. Hey, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Operation. Like, wow. Do you mean like a little blip of like what's going to happen in That's like right. in like a few minutes or like a few years? And two seconds. Like, a blip? like Chris. Two seconds, just Chris. enough to duck a punch. There you go. Yeah. So listen. Or two seconds before the dice is thrown on the well, there you yeah, go. the yeah. table. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be good. Would that That'd, be cool or what? Tom? That would be just two seconds. Mm. Mm-hmm. One would do that, it. That's life changing. If you yeah. could just, yeah, yeah. Playing cards is the best when you think of it. You know, playing cards is the way that if you had a couple of seconds ahead of everyone else, that would really um, help you a lot. I think you know, yeah. and, and and playing uh, blackjack would really help you. <clears throat> but anyway. Could you imagine the suits coming down from upstairs, surrounding your table after a while? Whoa! They're so fast, you'd be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. All right, I think you've had enough for tonight, sir. Goodbye. Don't come back. Bye forever. Funny. Uh, So anyway, Switchy is uh, this past weekend. He practically ran the Mothman Festival down there uh, in West Virginia, and um, he's going to give us a breathless report. Let me put your. your bumper in right here, Switchy. And now it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's report from the fringe. Okay, I, I, I wouldn't say I ran it. It was just a cog in the wheel, okay? Uh, it is actually Jeff Wansley. Yes. And his family and his uh, in-laws and friends and, and, and relatives uh, are the ones that uh, it, it's really it's a family run festival. And uh, Jeff has uh, uh, he co-founded the festival with a, another lady named Carolyn Harris, who is no longer with us. And uh, he founded the Mothman Museum. He's got a couple other businesses there as well. And uh, he was uh, he was actually six years old when all all this happened in the mid 60s, when the uh, the Mothman sightings occurred, when the bridge collapsed and so forth. So over the years, he started collecting uh, material and he has uh, he's put together an incredible museum that has captured all the the history and folklore of that time period. Well, they started uh, in 2002. They started having a Mothman festival and it had very humble beginnings. But now. You're just talking thousands and thousands of people. Nice. I, I was the MC there. Oh, really? And uh, I, I also spoke on uh, John Keel and the Mothman, kind of a Mothman 101. Uh, and I also was one of the uh, tour guides on the Hayride. On, on Saturday night, we take people into the dreaded TNT area. Now, yes. the TNT area 
is uh, was a place back in the 40s where it was a huge complex where they made uh, explosives for World War II. Uh, once that was over, most of the buildings were taken down and dismantled. Uh, the old North power plant still stood there, and that's where one of the first major sightings took place. Two married couples saw this uh, six to seven foot tall winged humanoid with red glowing eyes, and it chased them into Point Pleasant. So that's where the that's where the festivals held. Point mm-hmm. Pleasant, West Virginia, uh, deep in the Ohio Valley, and it is uh, right on, on the banks of the Ohio River and the Kanawha River. Actually, two rivers come together. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did a uh, when, when I was doing the uh, hayride. And doing the emceeing, I would do informal surveys to see who the old timers were and who the new ones were. Well, last year, it was about two-thirds new and uh, one-third the old guard. This year, it was more like three-quarters new and uh, one-quarter the old guard. Oh, so nice. It's, uh, due to the uh, – well, the film came out 20 years ago with Richard Gere. That, that alerted a lot of people mm-hmm. to the Mothman prophecies. A lot of people have not read the book by John Keel. Yes. And uh, – so, uh, but, you know, through uh, various documentaries and so forth, more and more people know about this this period of time. Call it, you know, history of folklore, whatever you like. Yes. And uh, the, uh, um, the, I mean, it, I've got, I saw some uh, pictures uh, yes. from above. Go on. Uh, of the, the thousands of people that oh, cool. were there over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, just amazing. Yeah, yeah, and, that's cool. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, were people pulling quadras out of the Mothman's ass, the statue's ass? Was that activity I, going on? You know on? what? I, I, uh, you're talking about, uh, Mac is talking about the shiny hiney. You know, we're very very <laughs> dignified here in West Virginia, and we call it the shiny hiney. Okay. Go ahead. Now, the line, just to get their picture with the Mothman, <laughs> was incredibly long. That's right. Uh, lines for, for everything, food. and there, There's a, uh, uh, the, at the crossroads there, the side street. Is where the statue is, and that's where the most of the speakers have their tables, and they're very accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the speakers were down at the senior center, which was uh, uh, a very good place to have them. And uh, it just, it just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it has a lot of typical festival stuff with T-shirts yep. and, you know, everything Mothman and and food and so forth. Yes, but uh, uh, you know, the uh, it's it's great when you're uh, interested in this stuff. Yes, and you have been reading certain authors. Uh, paranormal authors to have a chance to see them speak and also have a chance to uh, speak with them. Yeah, yeah. Now, the only thing that costs a little bit of money is that hayride, the TNT hayride. Yes. It's uh, only five bucks. And the line for that was, was amazing. And uh, so we, uh, there was three of us, there's three tractors. Uh, two of the carts are proper hayride with, with bales of hay. Uh-huh. They usually give me the old man cart with the nice comfortable seats, which, mm. which I always appreciate. Yes. And, uh, so we, we, we go off uh, through the uh, – we, we start at the Farm Museum, which is still part of this vast TNT area, okay. which, you know, it fills acres and acres. And we, it's a really creepy area in the daytime, very creepy at night. Uh-huh. And so uh, for a few days ahead of time, I started setting setting up uh, cobbling together bizarre-looking creatures and giant spiders and stuff and really? lighting up their eyes and strategically <laughs> placing them in different parts of the ride. Wow. But the real the – real, uh, uh, the the, uh, the peak experience for the hayride. Uh, a couple of my buddies, John and Tim, they fly the Mothman. They take the there's a Mothman suspended up in the ceiling yes. of the uh, of the uh, uh, museum, and so they they rig a rig a wire. They take them out. They hide behind the old acid plant. They have a, this ingenious low tech delivery system with a hand crank. They light up his eyes with battery power, and they blast a sound effect. Uh, <laughs> 
which I, I can't reveal what it is because uh, they've never paid royalties, and I don't want them to end up imprisoned or or with ankle bracelets. Is so that worthy? We'll, we'll keep that secret. Go ahead. But it's uh, it's just really really cool. It, it you know you, you just have a lot of fun with people. You find out where they're from, and uh, uh, um, it's just. Uh, but you're also. Go ahead. You're also scaring the shit out of people, right? Really, in a way. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That's part of the. We try. Yeah, you know, okay. I, I told them that we were infested with a bunch of giant mutant spiders, and uh, you know, I mean, spiders this year. Oh, oh, one, one, one thing that really got a laugh. I got, uh, I had had this old big spider about two and a half feet long, a, a realistic looking one. Go ahead. I put a wolf's head on it, oh. and like like a chimera. Switch it. Put put, put to like a, a hair thinking. and and spray paint. It almost looked like it was all part of the same creature. So oh. as we were uh, rounding the corner, this is now it's the McClintic Wildlife Area. So I said, look, this is the McClintic Wildlife Area, and we're we're going to experience some wildlife here. And I said, well, here is a common uh, wolf spider, and that always got a good laugh because. I, I didn't really expect it, but uh, his eyes were lit up red, and, and I had him highlighted with with uh, uh, flashlights and so forth. Yes, yes. But uh, there was one, you know, the people are, are you know, sometimes you get a good crowd that just really eat it up. And there was one that when when we come around the corner and we you can see the Mothman in the distance. You see his red eyes, mm-hmm. and he's poised on that wire to come down uh, as you as your cart goes by. And uh, uh, I'm always telling people, say, you know, you know look. Uh, we, there's no guarantee we're going to see the Mothman, and we can't give any refunds. Uh, the good news is the the excess goes into my retirement fund and all this nonsense. <laughs> so I'm d- downplaying wow. the Mothman. In the meantime, this little girl is seeing the Mothman in the distance, and she's she's pointing, and her hand is going up and down. Oh. And so I was kind of mimicking her her arm. I said, uh, "Young lady, do you have some kind of condition?" She's no, no Mothman, Mothman. I said, some "Oh no, no, condition. we're not going to see the Mothman. Holy. It's a trick of light and shadow, you know." Yeah. And and then when the Mothman flew, I said to her. Why didn't you tell me the Mothman was there? So they everybody just ate it up. Mm. So you just uh, you know you you play the audience. Uh, they 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 uh, that's a high point for so many people is to go on this this hayride. You don't really need anything because the area is so creepy mm-hmm. and atmospheric. But uh, it's and so I spent three days uh, climbing ladders and and hanging up stuff and cobbling together little little beasts, wow. creepy crawlies. Thanks to, for your, uh, thanks for your service, Switchy. But listen, there's a lawsuit in there somewhere, right? When you I think about it, <laughs> it's just I, a too, I know. You know, I can see someone, you know, faking a heart attack. So, what, <laughs> what are the cops? Hey, what, Switchy, what, uh, what's your? Can what's... you just remind everyone, like, when the Mothman Museum is open for the public? Go ahead. Well, it's open every day. Uh, normally, it's uh, I think it's ten to six, okay. uh, and uh, during the and then uh, Sunday it's open at noon, and uh, to five I think. Anyway, it's 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 open all the time. Uh, the Mothman Festival is uh, uh, every every third weekend in September, and uh, you better get your hotels now or motels now because they fill up really fast. It, All right, it, it everyone is, it, heard, it, heard it here first. It, it really is a lot of fun, and you can uh, – people that are interested in this – uh, some people aren't interested in, in the paranormal. They just go to have a good time. But if you're interested in this kind of thing, you can talk to all kinds of people about these subjects without, uh, you know, you have sometimes your friends and relatives will look at you sideways or cross-eyed when you find when they find out, what did you do this weekend? Where did you go? So, Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. and it's cool. funny that you, that, like, you know, you did, like, the tally of, like, who's, who's new and whatever. I, there's, like, this big resurgence with cryptids and, you know, that mm-hmm. that entire paranormal and folklore aspect in general 
millennials. You know, because there's so many documentaries and shows that are out right now. So I think that's why there's like such an uptick. But it's great because then, you yeah. know, that can keep going for another 10, 20 years. The, the, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully Amazing. longer, right? Yeah, yeah. When I, I gave the talk on uh, on the Mothman, that's kind of a basic primer. But if you can't talk about the Mothman without talking about John Keel, who was a really interesting guy, did all kinds of, you know, he... He got so tired of talking about the Mothman. He was just, he would always change the subject. Mm. But he was a really, really interesting guy. One gentleman came up and he wanted me to sign his copy of the Mothman Prophecies. Wow, you know, switchy. Oh, even though uh, I'm not John Keel and he's been deceased since 2009, but I, I was I was honored. Did you do it? Oh, all right, That's switch. Fun. Let's get a switch around of applause with all his hard work. Great job. Scaring the hell out of little kids. Very good job. <laughs> That's good well, stuff. I, I used to do that mm. and, and when I was in Michigan. I spent a whole month setting up my front yard with uh, with creepy crawlies that uh, would move on pulleys and mm -hmm. oh, yeah, uh, had wow. sound effects and, and all that stuff. Up to his old and, tricks. And, uh, you know, you, you, it's fun traumatizing the young children. Really? You know, they, okay. They get over it. I agree. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Testimony plus, in three months. Give if they talks. don't want to come to your house to get candy, then you just keep their candy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yes. Why didn't we think of that? So, listen, the uh, train is uh, arriving in the station, which. Well, okay, I I can hear it in the distance. Is that what that I'm noise is? Uh, so we're going to say goodnight to our guest tonight, Tom Holly Campbell. His book is out, Blue Book, a John Burke mystery, and has everything in it. I read the um, you know the pre of it, and uh, it sounds like a very exciting book. And it, and it's um, you write what you know, so it happens around where you grew up, right past an Air Force base. Right, and everybody should run out and buy it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, uh, very good ratings on Amazon, by the way. Yep. Quite a few ratings there, and they're all high. And a nice cover. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't mean I don't mean the reviewers are high. I mean the rating was high. You don't ever don't say that. You don't ever. A nice cover too. Nice atmospheric cover, and covers really go it's a long cool way. Cover. Yeah, it's a selling book. So, yeah. uh, good luck there, Tom. We really appreciate it. Good luck to your Cincinnati Reds. You know, okay, and we'll good see luck it. to your Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I'll tell you, right. the Reds will be in there before the Red Sox are in there, for sure. And we really yeah, appreciate we'll it. A, we'll get them next year. Yeah, yeah, really. Maybe about 10 years, maybe. But you never know. Look. Um, Thanks for having me on. There is, Very nice to meet you. You're yeah, welcome, nice to meet you. Um, Fantastic job. Club, thanks for joining us. Club, I know you want to dive into your uh, junk food uh, treasure chest there. <laughs> I, I do. So I'm going to have it while I'm watching the Red Sox-Texas game. Oh, man. Oh, man. You'll need the sugar to stay awake. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Club, for joining us tonight. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. We'll talk to you soon about the casino trip, all right? Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. Switchy, thank you. Switchy, thank you. My pleasure. We appreciate it. Al Renato, time to start the engine. <laughs> time to head out. <laughs> Thanks, Al, for joining us tonight. We appreciate oh, hey, it. Glad to be here. Al, order me a black and blue burger with side of onion rings, will you? I thought you were going to say a black and tan. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I, no. That's what I was figuring yeah. more in line with. Anyway, we'll, order, we'll send the bill to you one one. Uh, and uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Raven. Raven, of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I had and so much fun. Your space buttons. But we couldn't see them all night. Space buttons, space, space buttons. Yeah, space. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, look, she looks know, just like, like, nice. They blend in with my background. You need a. Uh, uh, you need some backlight. Down. You need backlight. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah, that little. What? You need backlight. 
You need a backlight so you can put the light on the back yeah. so we can appreciate it. I mean, it. I need like way better lighting than I have, but it's just not going to happen. <laughs> put Lonely Larry on the drum. Well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> and, and you told me earlier that you had a headbutt with your dog and that you were suffering. Oh, my God. Yeah. My dog. How's my, the dog? My rescue, my, my baby girl, Ruby. I love her so much. I was sitting on the couch with her yesterday. It was Monday morning. And so it was already terrible because it was a Monday morning. So I had to like, you know, go to work and whatever. And she's sitting next to me. She's a 70 pound foxhound and doesn't know how big she is. Mm. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there. I was talking to Mr. Raven. So like my head was turned and she just goes and goes like, bam, right back in my head. I had my glasses on. So this side of my glasses just went like into my face. Her head hit my forehead I have had a headache ever since. Wow. And I have not, like, this headache has not stopped. You might have gotten a concussion with that. You yeah. know, I've had two other concussions, and so okay. I, I haven't been experiencing the symptoms okay. of it. So I, I think I'm okay. Yes. But I have bruising around my eye that I have really? to cover up with my, with my concealer. How's the dog? Does, is the dog uh, acting She's strange? She's fine. She doesn't yeah. care. Okay. She got off the couch and was wagging her tail. She didn't care at all. Wow. My head hurt so bad and she could not care less. Wow. Okay. Well, this moment in Raven's life Yep. brought to you by Purina. It's another day. Anyway, thank you, uh, Raven, for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank okay. you. And Juan Juan, once again, thank yes, you. Yes, sir. And we will talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, always a pleasure. Let me go very quickly into the plugs. Homestar Troops is an organization that raises money for our veterans who were injured in uh, post-9-11 combat, that would be the Afghan war and also the Iraqi war. These are folks who came home, uh, many of them missing limbs, and Homestar Troops builds them brand-new houses that are adapted to their issues. So in other words, lower counter space, not a lot of stairs, things like that, just to make things a little bit easier on them. And then... When they complete the house, they rip up the mortgage, they give them the keys, they uh, have it. It's their house forever for free. And uh, this is our way to kind of pay back and pay uh, back what these people have sacrificed for us. Um, and uh, they can go and rejoin the world without having to think about a mortgage over their uh, head every month. Homes for Truths, 90 cents of your. Uh, Dollar goes right to our veterans. So please Google them, see what's going on. Homes for our troops. And that's it, gang. So we're going to have a Halloween show coming up soon. We're going to have a music show coming up soon, but TBD. So thanks very much for joining us. And so this is back from the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. And now, please stay tuned for a bonus segment of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show. seen her face I pray she's doing fine I still recall our sad last day how it hurt so bad to see her cry I didn't want to say goodbye Send her my love, memories remain. Send her my love, roses never came.
Same old world, same old moons, lost in the sky again. She needed so much more than I could give. We knew that love cannot pretend. Broken hearts can always mend How it hurts so bad see her cry I didn't want to say goodbye Send her my love Memories remain Send her my love Roses never came Send her
in this place where time has died. 